Welcome to a series. Now, I don't know how long it's going to go, but uh, I hope it'll be really fun on why tiny payments are a big deal. This is something that I'm really, really excited about and have been for a long time. The ability to make microtransactions and nanotransactions and all of the possibilities and business models and categories and products and apps and markets that this opens up in the world. An entire sector of the economy, I think, that was never possible before. And this thrills me. Now, first, I want to define, to me, a micropayment is anything under a dollar. So payments of pennies. A nanopayment is anything under a penny. So tenths of pennies, hundredths of pennies, even thousands of pennies. And it has never before been possible Micropayments are possible in the physical space. You can use physical pennies and coins, um, but have never been possible in the digital space. You've never been able to, uh, or even with you know credit cards or anything other than physical coins, to pay less than usually a few dollars. You know, credit cards are usually like thirty cents plus three percent or something like that. You know, you've got these or um, Stripe and these different things. So genuine micropayments, and certainly not nanopayments, fractions of a penny, have never been possible until Bitcoin was created in 2009. And Bitcoin made instant global micropayments with no delay, no settlements or anything like that possible. And of course, Bitcoin has all sorts of other features as well. And I've been thrilled and excited about all of the potential that this opens up for the world for a long time. But I kind of feel like a crazy person because it feels like I'm the only one who's excited about it. Like, I'm the only one who thinks there's something amazing here. Now, maybe that's true. Maybe I am crazy. Maybe it's because there just aren't any cool business models that open up with micropayments or nanopayments. Maybe tiny payments aren't a big deal. I don't believe that. But I'm willing to, to discover that that's the case. Maybe they just don't make sense. Some people have argued that the psychology of it, human brains can't think that small and nobody cares. And, you know, it's easier to just do things for free if they're below a certain threshold or to just batch them together in monthly payments and, you know, things like that. All of that's possible. And that's what I want to discover on this series. So I want to, I want to, share some of my thoughts and talk about some of this stuff. But then I want to talk to a lot of different people who are building things on micropayments, who are building businesses around micropayments and nanopayments, um, who are investing in those businesses, who are uh, playing around with the technology. Um, and I want to kind of explore where, what, what kind of things this opens up. Now, the reason that I, th there's, you know, again, maybe I'm crazy and maybe there is nothing there. But I, I tend to suspect that there's something else going on. The fact that this has been possible now for over 10 years, but that so little attention is given to it, that it's just flying under the radar, I tend to think that is kind of an irony. It is because of the success, because micropayments and nanopayments are associated with cryptocurrency, because again, Bitcoin was the, the technology that first made this possible. They are cursed by the success of cryptocurrency as a speculative investment. So I think the fact that Bitcoin and all these other things that have, you know, sort of inspired by it or forked off of it or, or emulated it, 
all these different coins and cryptocurrencies and things have been so massively successful in terms of dollar price of the, the coins and tokens themselves and companies around it, it has blinded everybody to, or taken away the motivation and incentive um, from everybody to the practical use cases that you can actually build on there. And this is, and this is a rational thing. I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone because think about it. If you can spend years trying to build some kind of app that's a really risky new business model around nano payments or micro payments, as some of the people, the app builders that I hope to talk to on this series have done and are doing. And, you know, there's a ton of risk. You don't know what you're building out this infrastructure. You don't know. You got to go get users. I mean, you're starting from scratch and you're creating a whole new category and it's a whole new type of behavior. And it's a new, it's kind of an unknown way of interacting economically with such tiny amounts. If, you know, the struggle to do that versus, hey, how about I just buy a bunch of cryptocurrencies and trade them and make a ton of money? Literally everybody has made money who's been into this in the last 10 years. If you've been in it longer than six months, you probably made money, right? Like, I mean, you know, you can have bear markets and all that stuff, but it's, it's just been so, or, or if I can just create uh a marketplace where people just like issue, you know, I, I can just issue a token and say, I'm creating a project on this token, but I don't know what it is yet. No promises. We'll build it here. Here's the token. And people buy it and you raise millions of dollars or tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars doing that. Well, why the hell would you do something so much harder that you actually have to deliver? If you build something, you have a risk that it doesn't work well, or people don't like it, then you're screwed. But if you just issue tokens and can make money, isn't that, like who wouldn't right the speculative game or creating you know nfts let's just hey look if i could just sell some jpegs or some some computer generated artwork and make a ton of money and then like maybe i'll do something with it and build something cool in the future why why wouldn't i do that and and i'm not i'm not ripping on speculators or speculation that is a it is a valuable and useful whether or not people are morally degenerate or overly leveraged or stupid and don't know what they're doing, like whatever the case is there, the function of speculation in a market economy is really valuable. I'm not at all ripping on that, but I'm also not an efficient market hypothesis guy. Uh, and I don't know how anyone frankly could be. Um, the market is a discovery procedure. It's a process. It's ongoing. And entrepreneurs wouldn't exist if the market had always already perfectly discovered the maximally efficient way to do everything. Neither would speculation, right? So I think that there is an incredible gap in the market right now because all the money to be made on speculating on coins, forking new coins, creating tokens, creating NFTs, doing ICOs, doing DeFi staking, which is all essentially just complicated ways to speculate on a token. The fact that you can make so much money in there and has drawn all that attention has left under the radar the power, the business applications of micropayments and nanopayments. What can be done with the technology that's already here today, that you can already use today, and some people, very few, already are, has gone under the radar. And I think that represents an incredibly huge opportunity. 
to move and build while no one else is looking new business models and products and services that will re-engineer the entire internet, the entire economy, the way that we interact with each other, the combination of money price value down to the tiniest bit of information or action or data, or I guess information and data, it's kind of redundant, or product or service can revolutionize a lot of things in a lot of cool ways. Not everything, right? Not everything is improved by that. And that's one of the things I want to explore in this series. It's like, you know, would I rather pay half a penny per whatever thing that I, movie that I watch on Netflix or, or song I listen to on Spotify than $9.99 a month? No, personally, I'd rather pay $9.99 a month for that service. But, but I don't know. Maybe there's other business applications. Like that's the thing. We don't know. You, it's never been possible before. So now that it is, we need some market discovery. We need some experimentation. We need some trial and error. We need some entrepreneurial action to figure out where are the applications that make sense and where don't they? Or maybe there's hybrids, right? Maybe I pay $9.99 a month for all I can listen on Spotify, but maybe the artists are getting paid, you know, 10th of a penny per listen or whatever it is, instead of waiting every month or every quarter or whatever it is for a bulk royalty payment, maybe it's literally hitting them in real time through tiny micropayments, right? Maybe there are things behind the scenes. So that's what I'm excited to explore. Um, you know, and I, and I see, so I want to start with, I already defined micropayments and nanopayments. And then I want to start with sort of the three basic categories of, you know, um, or sort of the three basic statuses of these things. I think there are possibility, there are things that are happening today, already happening uses of tiny payments that are already happening right now. Even if they're just experimental, some guy in his garage got an app and only 10 people use it, but it's actually happening today. Then there are things that are possible today, but they're not happening yet. Either nobody's built it, even though they could, or there's like a little bit of additional tooling that needs to be built out you know, um, to, to get it done, but it's possible today. And then there is final category, theoretically possible. Things that are theoretically possible with these payments, these technologies, um, but we have, there's a lot of other things that need to happen first, right? Like maybe computing power needs to, to expand or different, you know, different things that need to happen first, things that very well may happen or maybe very likely to happen, but, um, there are, you know, contingencies like that. So I think that's going to be really helpful as we go through and have some of these conversations and explore, um, things that are happening today, things that are possible today and things that are theoretically possible. So what are, why, why do I think tiny payments are so cool. Like what, what do I think is so cool about it? Right. Who cares? Well, let's, let's think about it a little bit. I tweeted out a while ago, you know, Hey, what are some things, if you could make payments down to as small as a thousandth of a penny, what kind of businesses and things might this open up? And a lot of people were like, stupid, nothing. There's nothing you do with that. That's uninteresting. But a lot of people had some really interesting ideas. So things like API calls, if you subscribe to an API, that is, uh, you know, it's a serving you um, data for a software application. I'm not a tech guy, so tech people, if I describe it in a bad way, uh, sorry. Um, every time you you are are hitting that for that data, like you might have a third party that you subscribe to their API, and some of these are free, and some of them cost amount per month. But to be able to meter it down to fractions of a penny in real time is really really cool. 
and opens up some really cool stuff. I think there are a lot of different categories, like business to business applications of this, um, even things like inventory management or logistics. If you've got, you know, let's say tracking devices on some of your inventory and there is a, you know, even internal markets within companies of pennies or fractions of a penny for moving certain stuff, data having, um, you know, fractions of a penny attached to it. Um, I, and I guess, I guess I, I sort of broke it down mentally into several different types, like maybe five or six types of business models that I think are opened up by tiny payments. So one, metered payments. So anything that's metered where like when you're at the gas pump, right? And they even use, at least in the numbers, they use micro payments or even nano payments. They use fractions of a penny, but they always just round it up and you're actually just paying in a, in a, full, in a full penny. But um, metered payments where, again, like a, anything streaming where you're paying per X, right? Paying per page of a book that you're reading on Kindle, for example, paying per minute of a video or a podcast or a coaching call you're doing with somebody in real time the payment is streaming from your wallet to theirs or you know paying per uh per, per bit of data via an api that you're streaming or um, there's a lot of different ways metered payments right and those have been around for a while but they've never been able to be done down to fractions of a penny and in real time right so you might do metered payments where you're going you're on a call with your lawyer and they're keeping their clock going and then at the end, they're going to issue you a bill and an invoice. But you see, there's all this accounting and bookkeeping. You're paying, you're, you know, you're, you're, somebody's keeping track of the meter, right? Even your electricity bill, they're keeping track of the meter. And then they come around, they add up the total for a certain amount of time. They send you an invoice. All that has been done because it's too costly. The act of invoicing itself costs several dollars at least. And so invoicing in real time for pennies at a time makes no sense. But with cryptocurrency, with Bitcoin in particular, that can be happening in real time. You can literally be streaming pennies or fractions of a penny from my wallet to your wallet in real time. And it's just coming in. Then if I cut off the call early and you don't have any accounting or bookkeeping, it's all automated. You don't have any rounding errors. You don't have to pay somebody to issue checks once a month or to set up invoicing and all this other stuff. That's pretty cool. There's a lot, I think, with metered payments. Um, and I suspect in the business to business and technical areas, there's a lot more that I don't even know about. And I'm hoping that we'll talk to some people on that. Okay, so another, another type of new business model is split payments. So anytime a payment comes in from somebody who's purchasing a good or a service, the fact that with micropayments and with the technology of, of Bitcoin and some of these others, that can immediately be split into, again, down to thousands of a penny, as many payments as you want immediately. And it hits 10, 100, 1,000 people's wallet all at once. That's really cool. That opens up a lot of really interesting business models. So, you know, there's a little app that I play where I pick NFL games called Called It. And if you were on the leaderboard, if you picked the most correct games the previous week, then the, that next week, Everybody pays 10 cents per pick. And when they click pay, that 10 cents is getting split between dozens of people. It's going to the top 10 people on the leaderboard in a you know, percentage rank in descending order. It's going to the, the app makers. Um, and so you're, you're clicking pay and a 10 cent payment 
is immediately getting split up in percentages, 50% here, 10% here, 2% here, whatever, between tons of people. So you think about what that means, referrals, for example. Oh, here's your referral link. And when people, for things that are even just a penny, right? Um, you know, somebody buys it immediately. Again, you're not waiting for some lump sum payment later. That payment's getting split. It's all programmed in. So you're not trusting anybody or anything like that. Every time someone clicks pay, it's getting split, right? So revenue shares, auto accounting, auto payroll, auto bookkeeping, right? You can remove tons of accounting, payroll, and bookkeeping by using revenue share for people that work together on projects. I want to get more into this one with a specific example um, here in just a minute, the um, split payments, the, the revenue share. Okay. The next type of business model, piggybacking off of it is tradable revenue shares where you can, you know what? I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. And I'm going to talk about that in a specific example again. Very, very interesting to me. Okay. The next one type of business model is monetized data. The fact that data, data is valuable right now, right? So this is why companies give away their services for free, like Facebook, and they sell advertising to make money. But the reason they can sell advertising is because they can, they have all this data that, that lets advertisers target you. So what the advertisers are buying is the data more than anything, right? They're buying the, the impressions too, but they care about who sees those and that's all in the data. And the more granular the data, the more they can use it, the more valuable. So that data is all valuable. So you're going on there and using it for free, okay? And this is a good deal for most users. I'm not knocking the free with ads or whatever thing. Like obviously it can get creepy and corrupt and, and weird. But what I think is people are looking for more and more is more control over that data. So if I'm doing activities online and I'm creating data, information about my activities, that's valuable to a lot of people. What if I had the choice to allow people to see that data or not? Anonymized or not, see it or not, which data do I want them to see? What if I had the ability to charge them for that? What if I had the ability to say, okay, fine. If I get a 10th of a penny every time Every time someone accesses my browsing data on the following, you know, app or whatever, I'm cool with that. That's a worthy trade-off to me, right? As long as it's anonymized or whatever. Maybe I'll, I'll give you, if I get a whole penny, I won't even anonymize it, right? Just any, any, any place where there is data being generated, it's very cumbersome without tiny payments in real time to figure out how to value that, monetize it, exchange it. But now the ability to stream tiny payments and to encrypt and unencrypt data um, you know, on blockchains, for example, um, or, even other, or even other databases and allow people to unlock that with a tiny payment, um, there's some really interesting, interesting things. Um, okay, and then finally, paywalls nano paywalls, micro paywalls. Paywalls are not new, but penny paywalls, fraction of penny paywalls are new. Now, why would those be valuable? Well, think about things that have non-money paywalls. Think about things where they're, they're not charging you a money price, right? If you have a paywall, you're like reading the New York Times or something, or hopefully you're not reading the New York Times. You're reading the Wall Street Journal or something. Actually, there's really no good newspapers, but regardless, you're scrolling down and it's like, eh, you can't access the rest of this. 
Now, usually notice they don't say pay $2 or to pay $10 or whatever it is to read the rest of the article. They say become a monthly subscriber. They don't even give you the option to pay. Well, now, part of that's because of the, the payments can't get very small. Part of that's their business model. And again, maybe that won't go away, but just the ability, if you could say, well, I don't want to subscribe, but I just want to pay a dollar, $2, 50 cents to read the rest of the article. There's a lot that would open up, but think about places where you get paywalled without money involved. This is like quality control. It's, it's, a, there, it's a cost wall rather than a paywall, right? You're not paying money, but there is a cost involved. So things that try to prevent bots and spam are basically cost walls or paywalls, non-money paywalls. Here, here's a CAPTCHA. You know, which of these is a traffic light and all this kind of stuff. And that's like a way of trying to make it so that it's too costly for someone to game the system. Now, think about if you could just have payments of pennies or fractions of a pennies. Those are kind of spam and bot killers, right? I mean, if retweeting something or commenting on a tweet cost you a penny or a tenth of a penny, how many of these fake brigading bot spam accounts we have. It would, it would destroy an entire massive industry of click farm fake account people because it would no longer be, it'd be too expensive. There's some really, and again, I don't know which of these use cases are the best, but the, the fact that you can do paywalls down to the nano level opens some really interesting business models. So let me just recap. And again, this is off the top of my head. There's probably a lot more, but these are kind of the buckets that I put the new business models that are possible into. Metered payments, split payments, tradable revenue shares, monetized data, and nano paywalls. Those are five. And that's, again, just off the top of my head, and you can start to let your imagination spin. Okay, so now let me paint a concrete picture for you of one potential way that tiny payments could play out in the real world and have on a very, very small scale that I have dabbled in myself um, that I think is really cool and interesting to me. And again, this may not be the best use case or even a use case that becomes popular at all, but it's something that helps you wrap your mind around why this could be so powerful. So take a podcaster, somebody who's putting up videos on YouTube and podcast apps. Right now, you have to have a thousand subscribers minimum and some minimum number of views, 10,000 views or something like that to get monetized on YouTube, for example. And the monetization I mean, you're making basically nothing. You have no control over what ads are shown and how many ads are shown. And it kind of creates a lower quality experience for your viewers. And you make basically no money until you get really, really big. What if you had the ability instead to simply charge a small amount per video, a penny, 10 cents, a dollar, $10, doesn't matter. Super easy. People just click and pay. Or it could be, or it could be metered. They could be paying per minute a hundredth of a penny per minute or whatever you want, you know, so that if they don't like it, they can bail. You can do all kinds of different things with it. But if they just pay per use, they've got a, you know, browser plug-in wallet that they just take with them and everywhere they go around the web. And now you're getting paid in real time for those, even if you have a very niche audience. So you don't have to go to Patreon and say, look, I'm not big enough to be monetized on YouTube or I got kicked off of YouTube because everybody does now. Um, but you can pay $50 a month and then just like hope that I do stuff or, you know, um, you know, you can go to some paywall subscriber page where you, you know, 
pay $50 to unlock it or pay $10 a month to get my stuff. Um, if you had the ability to charge per episode. Okay. Okay. So that's cool. That's a, that's a, it's either a metered payment or a nano or micro paywall, as I mentioned, but it's also more than that. It also gets to split payments and tradable revenue shares and potentially monetized data, but I'll hold that one. So let's say you're, you're, your podcast, you've got a couple of people that help you with it. You're like me and you're not technical. So you're like, Hey, I want some producer guy to like make a cool intro and some graphics and whatever. So currently you have to either get them to do it for free or you got to front some money and pay them to do it and hope that you're going to earn the money on your episodes. Or you got to make them wait and say, okay, I'm going to pay you X amount. And you could say, I'll pay you per view. You know, if we get a certain number of views, I'll pay you more or whatever, but it's usually, it's usually a contract or it's like, okay, I'll pay you 500 bucks. If you make this graphic or whatever. Now at the end of every month, if you're making money on your channel at all or whatever, you have to have them send you an invoice. You put together stuff. You got to do a bunch of bookkeeping and invoicing and all this stuff and pay them this lump sum, blah, blah, blah. What if you could say, hey, if you do the editing of the episodes and create a little cool intro and outro, I'll give you 5% or 10% of every episode. So the minute somebody clicks pay, 10 cents, one of those pennies goes to them automatically. Nine goes to your wallet, one goes to them every single time. Let's say you have guests on the show. Hey, come on my show. I'll give you 20% of the, of the revenue we make on that episode automatically. Streams to your wallet. Boom. Now, now, this is currently possible. This is one of those in the happens today category on a platform called Streamanity that almost nobody uses because it's hard to get the BSV, but I but to get the cryptocurrency, which is BSV in this case, in order to use it. But I, I've used it for a long time. It's really fun. It's really easy. You upload a video, you can put a price on it, and then you can split the revenue between however many people you want, and it automatically goes to them. And then you can create a referral link. Hey, share this. The referrer, every time someone pays for the video through their link, boom, whatever percent goes to their wallet that you set, you can set the referrer percent as high as you want as a creator. Really, really cool. Splitting those payments, taking the risk away from you as a creator. I don't have to pay you up front. If, I, if I'm like, man, I really want to up my game and my production values, or I really want to get a cool graphic or an intro song but I don't want to have to go pay somebody because like I'm a young podcaster just getting started. I don't have a lot of money. I don't want to pay them a thousand bucks or 500 bucks or 5,000 bucks. But if I can say, Hey, I'll, I'll pay you a share of revenue for the show for a certain amount of time or in perpetuity or for certain episodes or however you want to do it. Now think of that instantly. Every time somebody clicks watch or listen, boom, payment split between all the different parties, right? Really, really cool. Even, even think of sponsors. You can still have ads and things if you want to. Imagine you have a sponsor and you're like, hey, click on this sponsor link or go to whatever.com, you know, um, or tap the button and you automatically, you know, I'm, here's this product that so-and-so is selling. Tap the button to buy it right now. You don't even have to leave the podcast. You don't even have to leave the page you're watching the video on. You literally just swipe to buy it. Hey, we're selling whatever. It's 20 bucks. Special deal for our listeners. Click to buy it boom, comes right out of your same wallet, right? There's a lot of really cool things, instant stuff that you can do here. And that second one is in the possible today. Needs some things to be built, but it's possible today category. Okay, so you've got the split revenues and all this stuff. Now, let's take it to the next level. So now you've basically got a team, right? You've got a team. And let's, and let's say you're the type of person, you are a, a graphic designer or a music guy. And you're going around 
and you're creating intros for people's podcasts and stuff. And now you've got 10 different podcasts that you have a revenue stream from that you get automatically 5% from this one, 10% from this one, every time someone pays. And those are just little streams trickling in pennies, fractions of a penny, a few bucks, whatever streaming in, but you got 10 of them and you can keep building that portfolio of those revenue sources. Now, what if those revenue sources were tradable? What if those revenue sources were tradable? which is all possible. In fact, this is one of those happening today as well, or, or close to it. It's something like it is happening today. So that revenue share is automatically programmed in. It's tokenized. So I say to you, I'll pay you 10% of every episode if you do all the production stuff. Boom, here's your token so that every time somebody hits it, it automatically splits between all the token holders. Let's say I hold 90% of the tokens, you hold 10%. That payment of whatever cryptocurrency it is gets split between us you have that token. Why does it matter that it's a token? The token is just paying you dividends. It just means you, you own the right to that percentage of, of payment, but it's tradable. It's tradable. So now you have a portfolio, let's say of 10 of these different revenue streams that you own from different people you've helped out and created stuff for, and you can trade them. You can say, you know what? I don't, I don't really like that show. I don't really want to get their revenue. I think they're not going to go anywhere. Let me see if somebody else wants to buy it. Or I just need some cash right now. Instead of making, you know, a few bucks every day from this show, if I could sell it for like 500 bucks now or a thousand bucks now for somebody who thinks it's going to have a nice long-term future, why not? Or maybe I'll sell half of it. I own 10% of the revenue that comes in from the show. I'll sell 5% of it, keep some of that long-term going, but I'll get 500 bucks today. Now you have a secondary market for revenue shares, real revenue shares. This is not speculating on something that you can sell like a, like a stock ownership. It's just a share of the revenue in real time. Every time somebody clicks, listen to this podcast and swipes to pay $2 or a dollar or 50 cents or 10 cents, whatever it is. Every time you're the editor, you do editing for people who are self-publishing books. Every time somebody you know, flips a page and pays a hundredth of a penny to go to the next page, you get one tenth of that hundredth of a penny. You get one one thousandth of a penny. Every single time, every single reader swipes, you just have this stream of thousands of pennies coming in all the time. And you can then sell that. You can turn around and sell that. Now think about that, a secondary market where I can go and buy from some, somebody who made the Joe Rogan intro theme, let's say years ago, and they're getting a 2% of, or, you know, revenue in a world where people are paying for his shows and they decide to sell 1% of that. And if I'm early on the scene, I'm like, dude, I think Joe Rogan's going to be huge. I'll buy 1% of show revenues uh, going into the future from this guy. Awesome. And then I'll buy it. And then maybe I'll hold it. Maybe I'll flip it to somebody else later, right? The speculative component is really cool. But in this case, you're not just speculating on here's some digital number and I'm going to hope that somebody else will value it more than me. It's actually a revenue producing. It's a revenue stream that's securitized. Now, imagine in that world, what you could do, you could have people who literally create index funds. Hey, we hold revenue stream percentage tokens from a basket of 100 different creators, or we hold them for 10 creators in this niche that we know really well. And you can, and we have tokenized our basket of funds, and you can purchase a percentage of the returns of that basket, which is taking a percentage of these funds, right? You think you can think about all the ways that this is possible and it, the ability, if you're a young show, an early show, and you're like, man, we wanna get started and okay, 
I'm, I'm, I'm splitting up revenue streams with my team, but I want to raise some money to make a really kick-ass studio because I think we're growing. I think we're going to go places, but I, I don't want to front all the cash myself, even though I know that we'll earn it over the next five to 10 years or two years. I don't want to take on all that risk. Let's see if my fans will take on the risk with me. I am going to issue a token that entitles you to 10% of our revenue stream for two years or five years or forever. And boom, here it is. I'll sell it. I get a bunch of money to fund my stuff. Again, unlike some of these other ICOs and things, this is actually a real time revenue stream. And of course, the market would have to figure out all kinds of stuff. If I issue it and I'm like, holy crap, it sold for way more than I thought. I raised $2 million from this thing. Well, now I'm not going to produce any shows anymore because I don't want to. I'm just going to retire, right? That's a risk. So the people buying that token, they would want to price that in. Like, what is the odds that this person's going to keep producing? How, where's the price going to go? It's just like raising venture capital. You don't want to give an entrepreneur too much money up front so that they get lazy, right? So, but there's a whole, there's a market for all that stuff and, a re, and the reputation that they have and whatever. So, I mean, think about, think about podcasts, you know, that if there was a world where everybody had a wallet to easily swipe and pay, you know, in, in whatever cryptocurrency, pennies or fractions of a penny, and they charge a dollar per episode. Are there any, are there any podcasts, you know, right now where you would say, oh, dude, I would totally be down to buy a 1% share of every dollar that they made for, from here on out or for whatever, because I think they're, they're going up, right? Um, it's so cool when you think about what that opens. And then just imagine somebody who's now, let's say they're a coder and, they're, and they have coded some open source projects and different things. But they've got you know these APIs they've put out there, and they're basically giving them away, but they're not quite giving them away. They're getting fractions of a penny every time somebody hits it, and maybe they only have a thousand people that use it per month. But they're getting a hundred bucks a month from that, or ten dollars a month from that, or whatever. And let's say they have a bunch of these open source projects. They now have a portfolio of income streams, and they can sell those income streams, right? The the ownership economy going down to the granular level, the real time stream instead of Okay, now I got to sign you onto my team as an employee, give you a W-2, get a bookkeeper to do invoicing and payrolling and all this other stuff. I can just go to you and say, hey, I want you to do this project for me. You get a percentage of the revenue stream. And you can put limits on it, time limits or project by project or whatever. Oh, and by the way, you can also sell that if you want to. You think about what this opens up, the way that it changes, the way that we work together, the nature of it's... It's opening up, removing all these inefficiencies from the way the world is already going. People doing project-based things where they come together as teams in the short term, or they're kind of, you know, they're not necessarily full-time employees, or they're working for multiple places, they're freelancing, or they're doing fractional work, right? And sometimes if you're doing fractional work for startups, for example, like I know people who are a CFO for three different startups, and they give them each 10 hours a week. Often they'll get pay, but maybe they'll get some equity as well. Let's say if it's a company that's not an early stage startup, that's a profitable company. If you do that for a percentage of revenue, for example, or just for a particular product, hey, I'll help you launch this new product and I get a percentage of revenue for a certain amount of time um, you know, automatically. And you've got, again, a whole portfolio of those. Think about all the things that you do that are valuable, your time, your energy, things you've built, and the ability to get real-time streams of those um, in perpetuity and split those streams with others and give you know, uh, trade those streams to, to, to other people or sell them to other people. I get super excited about that. And that's just taking one example of sort of the creator economy and looking at what might be opened up in that world. We haven't even touched on 
all the business, the business applications and all these other things. So that for me is kind of one of the things. And again, I, I've done this myself on Streamanity where I charge a few bucks for a videos that I do with some friends and the revenue is automatically split between them and any refer gets 10% and it goes in real time. And then we played around with a token where anybody who holds the token gets a percentage of the revenue. Now that wasn't automated, right? Some that's one of those possible, but not yet built where the token didn't automatically pay you dividends, but it entitles you to a share of a pool where the money goes. And so it involves some manual stuff and some things that you want to eliminate, but all that's possible, right? It's possible. And I just, I love to dabble in this stuff just to see it and feel it with my own two hands, what you can do. So this is sort of the intro to tiny payments are a big deal. And hopefully to kind of paint a picture and, and open up your imagination. And I want to say, I should have opened up with this, but I want to say, I don't care what technology is used for this. I don't care what protocol is used for this. Cryptocurrency or otherwise, but the ability to send instant global payments down to a thousandth of a penny with no delay and no middleman, if you just it just hits you and it streams to you, that's all I care about. Whatever makes that possible, I'm interested in. And so I want to explore in these episodes, what are the various technologies that make that possible? From my experience and probing around and playing with things and talking to developers and using products, so far, Bitcoin SV is the one that does this the most and the best. And the most people are trying to build stuff like this on, which is still a very, very small number. Um, it's also a very hated cryptocurrency that's hard to get your hands on. Bitcoin Cash can do this as well. Um, and there are some apps doing this. Uh, Solana is absolutely positioning itself to do this and can do this today. Not very many people are doing it. They're mostly building like DeFi type stuff that does use micropayments often, um, but not like genuine, hey, this is some a business model that is only possible with micropayments. Um, and it's not just about buying tokens and NFTs. It's, it's a, an actual business. You know, um, I don't see a lot of that happening there, but I think it's possible on Solana. Um, and there are probably some others. I know people talk about EOS and different things. People talk about the Lightning Network. Um, I have tried and played around with a lot of those, and I don't think that they will work, most of them. Um, most of them don't work very well now, and I don't think that they will. It's possible for them to work long-term based on the technology, but I'm, I'm open to it. I don't really care. I, I don't care how it's done, I'm excited about the ability to do it. I'm excited about what's built on top of it. I don't care about the plumbing. I'm excited about what you can build on top of it. Can you create experiences and products for people that allow them to do things that were never possible before with tiny payments, micro and nano, that change their life for the better and that expand the economy? That, that entire economy of anything below a few dollars in the digital world, it's never been possible to monetize. This opens up that whole range, that entire range of economic activities that are valuable, but less valuable than a few dollars. Think about the number of activities, goods and services and actions that are valuable, but worth less than a few dollars. And the, the fact that you can now monetize those without waiting and batching them and bulking them and trying to guess how many units you should sell ahead of time or pay charge monthly for how much, that you can do that in real time down to the granular level. That's exciting to me. Um, and I want to know anyway that it's possible because I know it's possible right now today. And I know a lot of people are doing a lot of stuff right now, every day. I mean, I, I make nano payments and micro payments pretty much every day, just on a handful of apps that hopefully we'll, we'll talk about and talk with the, the builders of those apps. 
So like, I'm not, I'm not looking for things like, oh, well, Ethereum someday might solve its problems of $300 gas fees. And then it could do micropayments potentially. Okay, maybe, but there's shit you can build today. And that's what I want to talk about. And that's what I want to get into. What can we actually build today? And so when it comes to the protocols, I'm not interested in this series and getting into wars over which protocol is better and which community is better and who's a scammer and all this other stuff. I just want to know what's being built and what can be built and how can you use this today to make tiny payments, do all kinds of cool stuff. So that's the first episode. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I hope to be putting these out on a fairly regular basis. If you have ideas, people I should talk to, topics I should cover, objections, questions, um, share them. I'll try to scan the comments. YouTube comments are kind of a scary place, but you can find me on Twitter at Isaac Morehouse as well.